Welcome to the Talking Small Podcast, where we make that podcast platinum. Samurai Deli, put them viewers in. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Small Podcast. Uncle Al is on another vacation. Well, not yet. He's packing, so he decided to sit this one out because he doesn't know anything about donkeys. So this is a tradition unlike any other. There's 146 of these. We've been doing these for, I don't know, maybe four years now. We have Jeremy Son all the way from Saipan, Saipan's best donkey handicapper. What's up, Jer? What's up, Harley? Thanks for inviting me back to another great episode of the Talking Small Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I uh, I appreciate that. And I'm sorry we weren't able to connect when you were in town most recently. If you haven't uh, listened to Jeremy in previous podcasts, Jeremy's from the same hometown as me and Al. He's uh, good friends with our lawyer, Chrissy Thompson. And uh, his his uh, specialty is in the army, the army supplies. So his family does big army supplies in Slidell. Check them out, Army Surplus. I I bought a Jan Sport from them once or twice when I was growing up. Big 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 Slidell staple. So Jeremy, thank you for calling in all the way from tomorrow out there in Saipan. The future's looking bright. So, uh, Jeremy, so I, what, what I was going to do is we can get into the Derby just because that's going to be the quickest quickest hitters. And then I got so a couple of couple of questions from your recent trip that you're on here. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds good, man. All right. So one of the, uh, the big, big changes this year is the Kentucky Derby is being run in September instead of May, which – how do you feel, Jeremy, is a big difference for the three-year-old horses? Is this big development time? Do you think that there's a different winner in this race now than potentially at the beginning of May? Honestly, I really don't think that there is going to be much of a difference. Um, to me, the only big change with this is the excitement factor. You know, is the excitement factor. You know, it's always the first leg of the Triple Crown is always the Kentucky Derby. It's always where you – where most people see these horses for the first time and, you know, they get to learn the horses and um, get to understand them. But, you know, I feel personally that the excitement factor is just simply not there. I mean, we already had the Belmont. We had the Taffers, which, you know, that's not part of the uh, Triple Crown, but that's still a huge race. And then, boom, here's the Kentucky Derby coming up now. And, you know, it's uh, – I don't know if you feel the same way, Harley, but – uh just seems like the excitement factor is not there the the great thing about kentucky derby is these horses it's it's mostly their first or like second race as three-year-olds so there there are a lot of unknowns here so you can you can feel kind of good if you get like a six to one or a ten to one ticket in your pocket that this thing may cash now that you know a lot about these three-year-olds and unfortunately, one of them has dominated the fields. We'll get to him in a little bit. It, it's it's not the same. Like I, I did not do as much research on the field. Now, some of that's because I've been watching a lot of the races with, since horse racing's been going on do, due to COVID. I have uh, bet the ponies 
for a lot of weekends, which I normally would not have done to get my fix. But yeah, I, I I'm really down not having the fans there, not seeing the big hats, all the drunk people, the infield full of people. It's this is just a different feeling. Racing's racing just doesn't seem like the same when you don't see a a, cut, a cutaway shot to the crowd with the person with the ticket in their hand going absolutely ape shit. Agreed, and you know I'm a I'm a diehard New York Yankees fan, and to me this year is just it's, it's been very difficult to be very interested in the baseball season because it's unbelievable how much taking out the fans takes out of the experience of the sport. And, uh, you know, it's going to be the same way with this Derby. Um, now do these horses feel adrenaline from the fans? Do they, you know, they always say some horses might get frightened by all the sound. Will that make one of these other horses possibly rise to a higher level? Who knows? But, um, you know, just for the, sport aspect of it it's just not as exciting as it normally is and you know it's as i just said it's unbelievable how much fans in the stadium or in the infield of the kentucky derby how much it's going to actually take out of the pure excitement of it well one of the other things jeremy is that the uh with covid the jockeys aren't free to move as much so normally you would have the best of the best riders coming to Churchill for this race. And because of like the New York jockey colony rules up in Saratoga, many of the best jockeys, your Irad Ortiz, your Jose Ortiz, those types, they're not going to be in the Derby. You're going to get a lot of jockeys here that you may not have known their names before. Yep. I mean, you know, the really one, the only big time, I mean, there's more big time jockeys in here, but you know, we have Velasquez riding authentic. Um, other than that, you know, like I said, where's the Ortiz? Where's where where all they? Where where's those guys at? And you know, that's another. Is that going to take out some of the capability of some of these horses? Uh, Harley, I'm sorry. I don't know if you, you hear a little outside noise, but I'm in my car right now doing a spot that's starting to rain. So no. if you hear any? Oh, it sounds great. That that's just a little side pan rain. It'll it, it'll be sunny tomorrow, Jer. Exactly, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – I want to say it's going to be interesting early, but as you as you mentioned earlier, there's this one horse that, uh, as, as you said, we'll get into a little bit later, that it's going to be hard to bet against this guy. As much as we all want to bet against, it's going to be very difficult to. Yeah, we're going to have to play this race like Big Darts, who just like to bet on the favorite and think he's a good, he's a good horse handicapper. Because he bets on the the one that's supposed to win. Um, and you know, you mentioned earlier also, Harley, that you know you've been doing a lot of weekend betting, and that's freaking awesome. I, you know, I've been. Unfortunately, I don't get TVG here and all this other crap. I don't have Twin Spires won't work here. So uh, my uh, betting since I've been in Saipan has just gone almost to none. You know, I'll play some bets with my brother um, for these derbies and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, for those listeners that don't know, um, I was quite a regular at the fairgrounds back in the day and um, would be there a little bit more often than I probably should have been. But, you know, the horse racing is freaking exciting at the end of the day. And people that don't think it's exciting are nuts. There's just, uh, there's just something about these horses running 
And, you, you know, coming down the stretch, you know, I mean, you never know what the hell's going to happen. No, it, there's nothing better to have a, uh, a horse that's right off the lead and you see him turn and round for home and that jockey hadn't really had to ride much, and all of a sudden it kicks into another gear, and you just see that horse closing and closing and closing, and you know you got that ticket, and right there at the finish line, when you get that nose pass, whoo, that, that's some excitement like no other. Absolutely it is. All right, so let's uh, let's break this down a little bit as best we can. We're going to try to find some value because I think we both think that the same horse is going to win, and it's going to be eh, – uh, pretty chalky but uh so we had the uh the post positions come out uh to yesterday and one of the things that i think is different in this kentucky derby is i think it's one big gate full of 20 20 stalls is that correct i think they changed it a little bit this year because normally it had that little offset gate in the back that people didn't like to start from they do and um like normally the the kentucky derby has I don't know. It's usually between like 24 and 22 um, horses that are running. Uh, this year it's 18, so it's dropped a little bit. Um, but yes, they do have that offset. Uh, I believe it's like the last five or something like that. The last five posts are they have that little gap in between them. And uh, yeah, I did read that they're doing just one big gate. So you know, I think that's a uh, benefit for these outside horses you th- yeah de- definitely especially with some of the actually race biggest favorites or or on the outside the three horses with the three best favorites are 16 17 and 18 so i find that interesting but um that's how it is so um which day carly you want to, should we go down this um each horse kind of do with the post position and the odds. Yeah, so the, let's do that, and you can just blow through some of these, Jer. I love listening to you normally break down how this one should go to the glue factory and this one should go to the glue factory. But we all know where the where the meat and potatoes are in this race, so let's just go through them pretty quick. If we if either of us has something to say, we'll say it quick and then we'll move along. All right. All right, uh, well, we're going to get started. So on the first gate, it's going to be Finnick the Fierce at 50-1. to 1. The trainer is Ray Hernandez. Um, this horse is a one-eyed colt that ran second, uh, finishing uh, – I'm sorry, came first, finishing ahead of Tizalaw in the Kentucky Jockey Club Stake. And this is Tizalaw's only loss of its career as a two-year-old at um, Churchill Downs. But ever since that race, he's never been – on the board, except for third place in the Arkansas Derby behind Nadal and King Guillermo. Uh, the two posts, we have Max Player at 30-1. to one. Uh, Trainer is Steve, is Steve Osman. Um, he was third to Tislaw in his last two starts, which were in the Belmont and the Travers, which is very interesting. Um, I kind of like I Max. I think pl- that Max Player at 30 I, I do too. Uh, I, I have Max Player. I'll get I'll get through my um, with my picks later on, but I'll just say Max Player is up there. I, I gotta agree with you there, Jeremy. 
Yeah, yeah, I got to agree with you on Max Player. He's uh, he he had a, a a good showing in the Belmont, and he had a good showing in the Travers. He kind of closes near the end, and always is running hard at the end of the line, which is what you want for somebody that may hit the board in your trifecta. Yeah, I mean, and the two big races this year, he he would have hit that trifecta, and um, I think he's going to be up there. Uh, you know, this could be one of those horses that makes you some money. Um, at the three post, we have Enforceable at 30 to 1. Trainer's Mark Cass. Um, he's raced 10 times, but only once since March. He finished fourth in the Bluegrass Stakes in July. Um, in the four post, we have Storm the Court at 50 to 1. Trainer's Peter Yurton. Um, he hasn't won a five starts since his victory at the Breeders' Cup Juvenile in November at Santa Anita. Um, but the owners believe he can get the derby, he can run the distance, and they think that he has a good chance here. I don't think he has a good chance to do anything. He's going to go to the Blue Factory. See you never storm the court. You can storm on out of Kentucky. Uh, in the five posts, we have Major Fed at fifty to one. Trainer is Greg Foley. He comes off a second place finish in the Indiana Derby in July. Um, in the sixth post, we have King Guillermo at 20 to one trainer is Juan Carlos. Um, he hasn't raced since May, um, because the train, because trainer, uh, Juan Carlos, uh, opted to train him up to the Kentucky Derby. He won the Tampa Bay Derby in March and finished second in the Arkansas Derby in May, um, which was behind Nadal. And if you don't mind, real quick, we're gonna. I, I, I think that King Guillermo also is gonna put a good running up. Um, as I just mentioned, he came in second at the Arkansas Derby, um, and that was behind Nadal. Nadal was a horse by the trainer was Bob Baffert, as we all know, is just the man, the myth, and the legend, but. Nadal was going to be the horse of this year. He was supposed to be top of the line. He was supposed to be the next potential triple crown. And he had a career-ending injury um, before the uh, Belmont. And, um, you know, this kind of took a lot out of Baffert this year. And uh, Nadal, as I just said, was going to be the horse that ran. But, um, I mean, hell, he came in. Before, just right after Nadal, that's a pretty good run. And so I expect King Guillermo to make a pretty decent run. Is he going to break the top three? I don't think. But he might be a decent horse to slip in there to possibly hit a super factor. Um, in the seven posts, we have Money Moves at 30-1. to 1. Trainer is Todd Pletcher. He's coming off a second-place finish in the Saratoga Allowance race. But the Colt has never been in any sort of stakes race. And I don't understand how the heck this horse is even in the Derby. Um, if he's never been in a stakes, I, I, I don't understand that. I don't think I've ever seen that before in a uh, Kentucky Derby out of any horse. You know, uh, came second place in a Saratoga allowance race. Harley, you have any information on that? No, so that that's one of the things I, I kind of looked at as well. What could you break down how you actually qualify for a Kentucky Derby? Because I bet most of our listeners, viewers, sorry, probably don't know exactly how you qualify for a Kentucky Derby. So, from my understanding, qualifying for a Kentucky Derby, you have to be a winner uh, 
as a two-year-old in a G1, in a grade one, grade two, or grade three race, and then you have to, if you if you win a grade one race, and let me break that down. So grade one races are your major derbies, you know, uh, Santa Anita Derby, uh, Tampa Bay Derby, you, you know, uh, some major derbies. The Louisiana Derby, unfortunately, is a grade two race. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what breaks it down from a grade one to a grade two, but, um, you have to be winners of those races. You have to win place or show in at least a grade one to automatically qualify for the Kentucky Derby. However, since the Kentucky Derby is the second race this year, rather than the first leg of the triple crown, I believe it's changed a bit. Um, I'm not sure what the new COVID rules and regulations were. But this horse right here kind of shows that something has changed because this horse has not been in a stakes race. Uh, so I, you know, I don't, I don't understand you, uh, how it's in the Kentucky. It, it's it's weird, right? Because it was in a maiden special weight back in February, which it won, and then a couple of allowance claiming races in in March and then in uh, July. So I'm, I'm with you on there. I don't know much about this horse. It's got decent pedigree with candy ride, but I, I just can't, I just can't understand either why this horse is at 30 to one. You got some other ones at 50 to one on the board. Now that's opening line. So that's all subject to change, but the odds seem weird on that horse. Maybe somebody knows something, Jer. He, he might be some, he might be a horse to look at the day of the race. See, see if people are putting their money on him. I think he's either, he's either going to be a horse that, you know, his opening is opening odds of 30 to one. I don't know. Is he going to go to 15 to one or is he going to go up to like 70 to one? You know, there's, this is just a really weird horse and I don't quite understand why he's in it. But as you just said, maybe people know something we don't know. Uh, in the eighth post, we have South Bend at 50 to one trainers, Bill Mont. He finished fourth in the Trappers. Um, the owner's taking a shot with him. He's a last-minute entry into this race. So, um, you know, I wouldn't expect anything from South Bend. Um, in the nine post, we have Mr. Big News at 50-1. to one. Trainer's Brett Calhoun. He won the Oakland Stakes in the slot back in May. Um, but once again, he's just a last-minute derby entry. Um, there's a horse in here that I don't – let me pull out some old notes. I believe he ran in the – I don't have those notes on me right now. It was Art Collector. That was a that was a late scratch. Do you know much about Art Collector, Harley? It did, did win first in a, a Keelan back in uh, July. And August also took first in a mile and an eighth at uh, Ellis Park. That's the one that won the Ellis Park Derby. Okay, that's right. That's Art Collector right there. And uh, – Oh, that's where I watched it. it Keeneland art collector bear, uh, beat Swiss skydiver, who was the Philly running with the boys. That's where that name comes from. That's where I remember it. And I, and I know we're not going to talk much about we're not going to talk about the Oaks, but, but Swiss skydiver I know is a uh, top horse for the Kentucky Oaks. Oh, I'm going to talk about the Oaks because that's one of my this best year. bets of the weekend, Jer. <laughs> Please, please talk about it because that's – I just know about the Swiss and that's – I don't know much else about the Oaks. I haven't looked that much into it. So I'm excited to hear about the Oaks from you. Um, but anyways, going back to Mr. 
Mr. Big News uh, was at 51. And he's he's not he's going to be uh, Mr. No News. That's what he's going to be. He's going to be right on out of there. Um, but the reason why I brought up Bar Collector earlier was um, his odds were, I want to say, like four to one originally, and uh, they took him out. I'm not exactly sure the reason why, but we don't have to worry about him. It looked like foot injury. Um, a foot injury? Yes. Pussy. Um, in the 10 posts, we have 1,000 words at 15 to 1. Uh, trainer is the one and only Big Bob Baffert. Um, one of Bob's best choices for the Derby this year um, behind um, Authentic. Um, <clears throat> but he had a poor fourth place in uh, the San Felipe in March and 11th in the Oakland Stakes in April. He then rebounded to win uh, to come in second place at the Los Alamos Derby before beating Honor AP and a shared belief on August 1st at Del Mar. I expect Ozenwares to finish in the top 10, um, but not the top four. So, you know, but, but my guess is he'll be a sixth or seventh place finish for him. He's going to have a decent showing, but uh, um, n- not much going for him, in my opinion. Um, in the 11th post, we have Nectar Island at 50 to 1. Trainer is Chris Hartman. Uh, Klors was claimed for $100,000 just two races ago. He finished third in the Indiana Derby and Ellis Park Derby and looking for an improved performance at Churchill. He will run with Blinkers off in the Derby. I don't think that's going to make much of a difference for him. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but a horse claimed for $100,000, that's a Kentucky Derby-style horse, seems quite inexpensive. And... Um, I wouldn't expect much from him. Um, the 12th post is Sovalante at 30-1. to 1. Uh, He finished disappointing six in the Belmont Stakes, find himself 15 and three-quarter lengths behind Tizzle Law on that day. But just about everybody was that far behind Tizzle Law. Um, the trainer is Patrick Biancone. Um They opted to not race him since June the 20th uh, in preparation for the Derby. Something interesting I find about uh, Sovalantin is his odds. Now, I'm a big odds guy. I truly think that whatever the opening odds are, rather they're good or they're bad, that means something. And um, Sovalante's opening odds at um, at Saratoga, I'm sorry, at the Belmont Stakes were um, – very good. It was, I think it was uh, nine to two odds, or his opening, or his ending odds. I think uh, for the Belmont. You know what happened? Why did he fall apart? Um, you know, if he fell apart in that race, which I believe had about eleven horses, I expect the same thing from him uh, with this race that has eighteen horses. You know, once again, he might finish top ten, but. Uh, Pretty disappointing horse, in my opinion. Yeah, Jer, I had him on the Belmont that day. And I'll tell you that there was a lot of looking that he was going to be a closer and this and that, and that the one turn on the Belmont was going to help him out. And and it, 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 he, he didn't have any gas. Supposedly, his pedigree had a distance. His odds were good. He was taking some money. I jumped on the, the bandwagon came away disappointed i think that's when you hit a tis the law and there was another horse we talked about doing an exacta on I, I think that was that same day and i put soul volante in mine and i forget who you put in yours but you ended up cashing 
forgot exactly who it was. It's okay. Um, but you know they they haven't raced them since then, so so they're uh, training them up for it. You know, are they training his uh, maybe training to have more endurance? To uh, who knows? But I just think he's a disappointing horse. Uh, you know, he didn't show up for that race. I don't think he'll show up for this one. Uh, in the 13 post, we have attachment rate at 50 to one. Trainer Dale Romans. Uh, he had a series of wide trips and came off his best finish yet, uh, which was a second place finish to our collector in the Ellis Park Derby. Um, really, no other information on this horse. Don't expect much. Um, in the 14 post, we have winning impression at 15 to one. Trainer's Dallas Stewart. Uh, he's likely to be one of the longest shots in the field. Don't expect anything from him. It's not a winning impression. It's a losing impression. He can get on out of here. Um, in the 15 post, we have New York traffic at 20 to one. Um, trainer is Staffy Joseph Jr. Um, he's been knocking on the door all, all year long. Um, he comes off three consecutive second place finishes in the Louisiana Derby, the Matt Wynn, and the Haskell Stakes. I have this horse doing well. Um, he came in second place in the Haskell Stakes to Authentic, and Authentic was <laughs> dominating that race. I mean, coming down the stretch, he was just, uh, I want to say he was about five or six lengths ahead of uh, New York traffic. And I don't know if Authentic just shit the, sorry to shit the bed, if New York traffic is just going to be a damn good closer. But um, Authentic only ended up winning that race by a neck. And, um, you know, does he have the, I, I think this horse has some potential. Um, I think he's going to finish in the top five. Um, very underrated horse. And with these next three horses we're going to talk about, this is the kind of horse you want to bet on and have the possibility to win some money. I like it, Jeremy. I, New York, New York traffic is another horse. So so far, we've circled two of the same horses: Max Player and now New York traffic. I like the form he's in. I do like the fact that he looked like he had a little more to give in the Haskell, and that I think that I, you're going to get to him in a second. I think authentic because how quick and how much pressure Tis the Law can put on a, a horse that likes to be in the front. I kind of, I kind of think Authentic's going to have a worse race, so I'm thinking New York Traffic gets the best out of Authentic this time. So I really like New York Traffic to hit the board in this one. I do too. Um, <clears throat> all right, at the 16 post, we have Honor AP at five to one. Uh, starting to get some real donkeys here. Uh, the trainer is John Sheriff. Uh, he, had a, he was an impressive winner of the Santa Anita Derby in June, uh, just before he was upset by Bob Effort horse we mentioned earlier, Thousand Words, uh, in the four-horse share belief stakes on August 1st at Del Mar. <clears throat> I don't know what I think of Honor AP. I don't think that I'm a fan. Um, he was a winner in the Santa Anita Derby. He beat Authentic. But that race, Authentic had a minor injury. And he just beat him out. Um, Harley, I, I don't, I don't like Honor AP. I really don't. I think that his opening odds five to one. 
I bet we see him go down to about 12 to one. Um, come, uh, post time. I, I don't have him anywhere on my board. Um, I, I'm not a believer in him. Absolutely agree with you, Jeremy. I think, I think honor AP is going to stay away from all my cards I think you're right. I think he's being overvalued in this opening line, especially because you, I don't think every outside post horse is going to have the ability to get to the get to the front. And I I just don't like Honor AP, especially with the outside posts being being right there near Tisdale Law. I I think that's a I don't I don't like it. I agree. I I think he's going to get trapped in the crowd. Um you know, I think that these next two horses, Tislaw and Authentic, they're going to they're going to break out. They're going to break out a little bit wide and um, close the distance. But um, I think that Honor AP is just going to get stuck and won't be able to get out of that funk. I am not expecting a good run from him. Um, all right, in the seventeen post, we have Tislaw. Current odds are three to five. Trainer is uh, Barkley Tag. We all know Tizalaw. He's the biggest favorite in over a decade for the Kentucky Derby, coming off dominant wins in the Travers and the Belmont Stakes. And when we say dominant, it was freaking dominant wins. Um, he has uh, seven career win, uh, seven career races, six wins. But something that might be interesting: his only career loss. Now he's a two-year-old. His only career loss was at Churchill Downs. Um, and it wasn't the slop. There were going to be early talks that there could have been that the track conditions could have been sloppy, but it looks like the rain is going to be earlier in the week, and uh, I believe Friday and Saturday it should be sunny. So, um, you know, <laughs> I'm not expecting it to be sloppy. If it is going to be a little bit sloppy, it's going to be tis the law. I mean, I, I've been I've been trying to find a way to not have Tizzle win this race, especially at three to five, but good God, we all, we've, we all saw him run and, uh, in the Belmont and the Travers, he's just unfreaking believable. You know, it's, uh, I don't see it. I, I, I don't, I don't see him. I made the mistake of trying to beat him in the Travers and it was just dumb. I shouldn't have did it. I should have did a daily double with uh, Gamin, which is I'm going to talk talk about in a second in the Oaks, and uh, and tis the law. And then I would have just easily won money. It was just a dumb move by me. I tried to get cute. No good. Um, yeah, this is this is quite a horse. This this horse is going to be your winner, and I'm very confident on that. So. Uh, why don't you talk about the last one, and then we can do the best bets. All right. So in the last in the last post, which is the 18th post, we have Authentic at eight to one. Um, trainer is the one and only Big Bob Baffert. Um, Authentic's an interesting horse, in my opinion. He's barely held on to wins for the Haskell Stakes, as I mentioned. He won by a nose over New York traffic. He is one of the top two for Big Baffert running this year, which is uh, authentic and thousand words. Um, you know, he, he has five career races and he's won four of them. One thing that they're working on with authentic and they've been running, uh, they've been working on his training uh, for his stamina. Um, they believe that his Haskell stakes 
whenever he uh, fell apart a little bit towards the stretch um, was a stamina issue. So that's been one thing that Big Bob's been working on him with. So um, I expect a good run from Authentic. Um, Big Bob's been disappointing this year. Um, you, you know, for multiple reasons. Uh, if you remember earlier in the year, he uh, had that little scandal for pumping steroids in the horse's dicks. And um, then they had Nadal, which went down with the career-ending injury. Um, but it's Big Bob. He's always going to be up there. He's always going to have a couple of good horses in his back pocket. You know, I think Authentic's going to be good. Um, his opening odds are 8-1. to one. I truly think he's going to be the one horse that's going to drop to four to one, three to one, um, somewhere in that range. Um, but, you know, is he going to have enough to beat Tizzle Law? In my opinion, if there's any horse that will, it's going to be authentic. But I don't think that's, I still don't think that's going to happen. All right, so so Jeremy, what what if you were going to when you do place a bet on the Kentucky Derby because that's just it has to happen. What do you see yourself betting and why? So I'm going to do. Unfortunately, this year. Well, I'm going to. I say unfortunately this year. I'm going to do three different bets. I'm going to do an exacta. Box it, of course. I'm going to do a straight trifecta, and then I'm going to do a trifecta box. And then I'm just going to do a straight superfecta. Um, that's just that's just what I'm going to do with the Kentucky Derby itself. What I'm going to do, so I'm going to do an exacta box, win place, win tis a law at three to five, place authentic. I hate to do it. I really hate to do it. That's going to be one of the bets I'm going to do. So I'm going to box it. Another bet I'm going to do is Tis the Law and New York Traffic exact the box. That's going to be the one that I hope freaking hits. That hits, I'm fine. Uh, because that 20 to 1 is going to really help me out. But how I truly see this playing out, win is going to be Tis the Law. Place is going to be authentic. Show is going to be Max Player, who we mentioned earlier at 30 to 1, who uh, knows how to come in third place. And for the super fact, I have New York traffic at 20 to 1. I just think New York traffic's either going to do, he's either going to place or he's going to come forth. It's going to be one of those two. I do not have Max Player moving out of the third slot. Uh, so, Jeremy, I think that's really interesting that you're exact a boxing with Tis the Law and Authentic because the odds I'm projecting is going to be quite different. So it seems like a box is, a, I don't know how much value you're getting on the box. It seems like you could bet maybe 75% on the 17, then 18. So the tis the law authentic, and then do to only 25% of your bet on authentic, then tis the law. That way you're, that way you don't have, you're, you're a little more covered when you're, you're more chalky, horse tis the law wins so the the box kind of surprises me a little bit because the odds aren't too close for those horses something that i've always learned something that i've learned a long time ago harley (laughs) is always box as much as you don't want to as much as i don't think that i want to box 
than exacta because I truly think Tizalaw is going to win. There's always that what if. You know, what if New York? What if I do an exacta with Tizalaw and New York traffic, but New York traffic wins in Tizalaw places? I'm going to shoot myself. Always box. Well, Jeremy, I'm not saying don't bet both of them. But when you box, it's the same. Like, let's say you do a for e- easy purposes. Let's say you do a ten dollar box on on that exacta. That means you're betting twenty dollars. You're putting up twenty dollars, and it's basically two ten dollar bets on the both outcomes. If in, you could take that same twenty dollars and put fifteen on tis the law and authentic and then put five on authentic then tis the law and you'd still you'd probably come out a little better because the more likely of the two to win you have fifteen dollars on so your uh, you your payout's a little higher but like you said when that underdog actually beats the favorite you're not going to get as much money in so it's a, it's a risk reward type business it is, and that's what I try to go for. I mean, I definitely see your point, and, you know, that's a very great point is, you know, well, why not just do the $10 exacta and then do a $5 exacta the other direction? That way you save essentially 5 bucks. But I don't know. I, I've always liked to go big or go home. Now, either way, if that's how it finishes, tis a law and authentic, there is no going big. It's going to be – a very small payout. If there's even a payout, you might even lose some money. Um, I doubt it. I'm sure you win a little bit, but um, I, I like to. Ha- I like to hopefully have that. At least I'm getting a little bit something back. But that's also why I'm going to do the New York traffic in Tizalol because if that hits. That's going to pay quite well, even if it's Tizalol and then New York traffic. That 20 to 1, now that's going to change. Um, if I had a guess, New York traffic's going to drop to about 15 to 1, um, maybe even 10 to 1. But those odds are going to definitely help pay out. It's not going to be a massive payout. I unfortunately don't see a big payout unless the trifecta hits with Max Player. I, I think that Max, I think, I, I think, I think Max Player is going to be the one that's going to be the, so, so Jeremy, I, I, the funny thing is we didn't talk about donkeys before this, and these are these are the bets I was going to give out. I got the exacta with the seventeen tis the law on top and under with uh, New York traffic the fifteen. Of course, I, I'm not going to box it. I'm going seventy five twenty five, and then I'm going to go with the same thing with the seventeen and the two. Seven uh seventy five twenty five with a Tisdale Max player box, and then I'm going to hit the trifecta with all three of those for a small for a smaller amount of wager, and I'm going to just straight box that because once I get to a trifecta, that's just too many bets to manage. I'll fuck it up, and then. Well, I, I agree. You, you know, that's actually going. That'll be a good bet. Is Tisdale Max player New York traffic and a trifecta? You know, dollar it and box it. What the hell? You know that 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 could happen, and that could be quite a good payout. So that might be a very good bet to do as well. And so the the thing that actually I'm when I'm looking at this race, one of the things that I think is a big big chance to make some money, where normally this would not be a play to make money at all, 
is you can bet the place line or the show line if you like a horse that's got high odds. And where we tried to do the exacta, that's great. But if there's some reason Tis the Law pulls up lame, it has some kind of issue in this race, you won't cash. But if, if like a, what I'm looking at is I really like to bet Max Player the two on the show line. Now, because he's 30 to 1 right now, as long as that doesn't go much lower than about 20 to 1, it's still going to be a pretty nice payout. So I'm going to be looking and hoping the odds for Max Player to stay high so I can bet him on the show line. That way I cash the ticket if he wins places or shows and I can get a uh, pretty good payout because the odds for all these horses are so high. You know, Harley, another horse that might not be bad to throw into that show line, and I had I had him on my list and I scratched him out. I had King Galermo up there. Yep. Um, you know, he might be he might be a good horse to place on that show line. Um, I think he's going to make a pretty good run. It. Um, you know, it, it's, it's funny how none of us whatsoever have uh, talked about Honor AP. I think you and I both were just both in agreement. Um. We're not impressed. Absolutely not. So that's kind of my uh, that's kind of my best bets on the uh, Derby. I I do like your bets too, Jeremy. I can't wait to to watch from my house and then you across the world on Snapchat as we go back and forth with our buddies and our donkeys and bitches Snapchat group. So let's go over our top three games. You're kind of all, all over the place. So from. We'll go over the top four. So I have Tizalaw, I have Authentic, I have Max Player, and then I have New York Traffic. Okay. What do you got? So, One through four. So, Jeremy, I, I did not actually list a fourth horse. So I've only got I, – I was not going to play a Superfecta here. So I have Tizalaw, New York traffic and Max Player as my top three horses to look at. Authentic, I just feel like is going to fade, and when you have eighteen horses, I don't want the one that fades at the end. Uh, I, I agree. Authentic, I've been talking about. I've, I've been saying all week he is he's an interesting horse. You know, it, uh, he, he's not going to. I just it's hard to not have a Bob Baffert horse up there. <laughs> I remember. Um, uh, a couple years ago, I was like, I'm not fucking betting Big Bob. Well, Big Bob shoved his dick up my ass that game and that that day and showed you always fucking put me up there. So I just feel like I got to have him up there. Um, but I like New York traffic. I like Max Player. So um, it wouldn't surprise me uh, if New York traffic or Max Player's in the two and three. So uh, unfortunately... I think all of us in the entire world is in agreement that Tizalaw is going to win. I wish that we had these questions on who's going to come in first, who's going to win, and who's going to place. But, you know, we're all on bullshit. Who's going to place? Who's going to show? <laughs> You're absolutely so, right. We'll see. But, yeah, go ahead about the Oaks. I'm excited to hear about this. So one of the, the, the awesome things about betting on weekends, I got to watch two big uh, race weekends. One of them was the Travers. And on the Travers, on the undercard of that race, they have this horse called Gamin. And Gamin was running, and I forget the exact race that day, um, 
uh, and I'll I'll look it up while, while I'm, I'm sitting here. But Gamine has a horse that just has so much speed. This horse can run for days. Has beat the competition worse than Secretariat. This horse has got a freaking motor. Great horse. Great filly. I got to watch her run her ass off before the Travers in the test. That's that's what the race was. A G1, a test, and it was at uh, seven furlongs. So great, great horse. Shorter distance uh, than what she's going to be running in in the Oaks, but just a huge effort. And the next weekend was the Alabama, which is another G1 race at Saratoga. And that's where you got to watch Swiss Skydiver run. And Swiss Skydiver is quite the horse, too. So you have two amazing fillies that are going to be in the Oaks. What do you got, Jer? Well, no, I I, I heard Swiss Skydiver uh, just dominated that Alabama, just looked really good in it. So she's ran a couple races with the boys. Uh, she, I think she finished second to uh, Authentic in uh, one of these races. She she's a she's a hell of a horse, and the best part is I think Gamine's going to take her. So you have two horses that if you exact a box on the Friday of the Oaks, I, I feel like these two horses are going to be. 10 to 15 lengths in front of the show horse. This is going to be a battle of the Titans. It is going to be so amazing to watch. Um, the Oaks, big, big race, and I can't wait to can't wait to watch it on uh on that Friday right before. The, what time is the Do you know what time the Oaks race is? Um let me let me see if they got a post time. I thought it was about 5 30 our time because it's the main race on Friday. I do not see the post time at at this point. I will look up here real quick while we're uh, while we're talking. So that's that's about 8:30 a.m. my time. I know that's always on NBC as well. The Oaks. So uh, so I'll have to watch that. So that's 8:30 Saturday for me. Then I know that the. Kentucky Derby is about 9 a.m. Sunday. All this. You know what sucks, Charlie? So do you have um, Equibase on the Equibase app? No, I I do not have the Equibase. Equibase app. I do. I do a lot of googling. I, I'm not. I'm not the best. I get on the TVA app, so I look at the horses' last couple of races um, and that kind of stuff when, when they go. But it, uh, it it's it's one of those uh, very interesting, uh, very interesting uh, ways that I, I do my my horse betting. That I probably am a very big of a noob on, and I should just be going to the. Uh, the off the offsite books or the fairgrounds to place my bets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, I, I just get all I still get tripped up, you know, with me being the head. I always get tripped up on my days, uh, so it's 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 still always uh, interesting. You say there's been quite a few major sporting events that I've been quite late to uh, to watch just because of the time zone difference, but. Um, this is this is always a event that I always put on the TV. So um, thankfully, uh, I don't cable. They, they don't have cable up in my section where I live in Saipan in freaking Chingchangville. But uh, I'll be at one of my stores that uh, early on Sunday morning. 
to uh, make sure I watch the Derby. I do not see a post time right now for it, Jeremy, so I'll have to get back with you on that. Uh, but uh, we will we'll find it. We will watch it. It, it will be awesome. So look for uh, – I'm going to bet Gamine straight up to win. I think she's the better horse here. But uh, exact uh, box all day, every day with those two horses should be free money. Hell, you, you, you probably talked me into this. I like it. And when it loses, Jeremy, fuck it. Bet the farm on on the Kentucky Derby. Make that money back. Yeah, you're right. That's what it's there for. Straight to the That's fucking what we work for. factory. To bet these bitches. <laughs> um. All right, so Jeremy, how much how much more time you got? I want I got a couple questions from your uh, trip to Americas. I got maybe about ten minutes left. All right, so first first time, first one. How is island time and COVID out there in Saipan? Uh, we only have about fifty three cases, um, so we don't really have that many. Um, but we people here actually take it quite seriously um you know fucking everybody wears a mask um at all times um people don't really have any big gatherings um which is way different because whenever i was in the states you know it's it's way more laxed over there than it is here Heard a lot more in the states than it has here whenever i did get back whenever i did get back from the states i was stuck in the fucking five-day quarantine and in a hotel here, which sucked. Uh, that's Saipan's new procedures. Any outside, any anybody traveling to Saipan, even if you're a resident or not, you have to stay quarantined in a hotel for five fucking days. That sucked. It's like prison. You couldn't go outside. Couldn't do anything. Or uh, or in Saipan, or during the COVID, is rubbing are rubbing tugs still open? I believe they are. I'm sure, um, you know, those Chinese ladies still need to work. I'm sure this, uh, you know, the, apparently these massage parlors are probably, I'm, I'm guessing they should be closed. But, uh, hell, if I had to guess, these Chinese ladies still need to make their money. Awesome. Um, how- Unfortunately, due to COVID, I had to close two of my restaurants. Oh, that's And um, two, of those, two of those restaurants were in the... Uh, I guess you could say the tourist district of Saipan, and um, that's wherever that's where you would see like all these uh, rub and tug massage parlors and places like that. So I haven't been there in quite a bit, so um, I'm not sure if they're open or not. How was flying first class from Saipan to uh, the states? You know, whenever you get status, whenever you are loyal to a company. It was just so nice to be sitting up front with all the beautiful people. Whenever we were sitting up front and all these other um, economy people were just passing by us, I would just stare at them, say, get in the back with all the other cockroaches. Don't even look at me. I'm one of these beautiful people. Um, What's the first thing you did when you got to the mainland? Uh, Actually, the first thing I did was, uh, so I landed at, well, Whenever, whenever I landed back into New Orleans, um, brother picked me up, uh, and I went to his place in Lakeview, and then um, Chrissy Thompson came by and picked me up, and we went and we went fishing in uh, the Central Park area. How many snakes did you kill while you were over here? 
I think we killed four, three or four snakes we killed. Uh, we went up to my hunting camp one day. Did you get those uh, videos from uh, Chrissy Lynn? Yeah, so so who's a better shot at, at hitting a snake with a pistol? Because that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Are you or Chris better at the pistols with the snakes? I'm I'm better at the pistol. Chris killed his with an actual shotgun. So, uh, you know, that don't take much skill. I will give it to Chris, though. He did have one good shot, even though it was with a shotgun. We were driving. Uh, we were about to go across one of the bridges uh, on my property. And um, he just said, stop. I just see it. and the snake started to slither and started to go down into the creek, into the uh, creek, and he just shot it right off of the uh, bridge. Well, that's a pretty good shot. I didn't even see it, so uh, I'll give him a little bit of credit. Um, how did you actively avoid dirt, or did it just happen? No, it just kind of happened. It was just weird. I actually met up with dirt one day. Uh, we were together at a mutual friend's place, and uh, we just all got together and just hung out and shot the shit. He was just giving me a hard time. Did you, You're part of all those messages, huh? Yes. Dirt Dirt seemed very thirsty to, to eat some buffalo wild wings with you. Oh, I invited him to Hooters, I think, twice, and he kept on turning it down. <laughs> He, he, he probably was taking out his jet ski just like he did from the podcast today. Um, One of the days he was he was on his jet. Fuck y'all, I'm going on my fucking jet ski. How many how many hours was Chrissy Lynn working and billing clients when in reality he was shooting snakes with you? I'll put it to you like this. Chrissy Lynn is the best job on Chris Chris is retired. He's living the retired life. He works when he wants to work. He picks up the phone when he wants to pick up the phone. He'll answer, he'll look at his emails about once or twice a day. Other than that, he's he's living the retired life. I know. I just vacationed with him for a week for Key West. You came in. He vacationed. He vacationed a week with you when you got here, and then he went straight to vacation with me in Key West right afterwards. So he was been on, he was like two straight weeks of vacation. I heard he's taking another one here soon. Probably is. How was uh, Key West? Was that your first time going? No, it was my second time. Second time going. Key West was awesome. It's island time, Jerry. And whenever you're on island time, things just get better. There ain't no other time than island time. Just remember that. Um, I had a couple more questions here about your quarantine in Saipan. How did you get your food? Uh, so, uh, I don't know exactly. I'm sure that they have somebody contracted out to make the food. But uh, they fed us every day at 7 a.m., 11 a.m., and then 5 p.m. And they wouldn't even knock on the door. All you had to, you, you had to go outside and fucking look to see if the food was there or not. It was fucking weird. But I'll tell you this, which was a very interesting situation. So I literally didn't see a single person for uh, five days. I mean, they wouldn't knock the check or anything. Uh, just didn't see anybody. But on the fifth day, I had to go do a, a COVID test. And uh, so I got my test done that morning. And then on my fifth day at about 3 p.m., I get a knock on my door. And I go there and I open up the door. And it's two people and their full hazmat suit gear on. And I just look at them and say, oh, shit, am I positive? And they said, no, but somebody who you're sitting next to was. 
So uh, I was like, uh, well, that's, and I tell him, well, that's impossible because I got a free upgrade. And I was sitting first class with all the beautiful people and nobody was sitting next to me. So, uh, needless to say, they didn't know that I got upgraded and, um, they thought I was sitting next to somebody who was positive, but I wasn't, but it's pretty interesting to see, uh, the first two people I've really seen were in fucking hazmat gear. I thought that's what the world turned into. So you didn't see any other inmates? I mean, uh, quarantiners while you were in there? You weren't, like, waving to people from the window or the balcony or anything like that? No, couldn't see anybody. Did you have to Did you have to pay for the hotel, or was that courtesy of Uncle Sam? It's courtesy of Uncle Sam because I'm a resident. Uh, non-residents do have to pay for their room. I think it's, like, 400 bucks a night. Good lord! Is that four hundred dollars Saipan? Fuck! Um, yeah, it was fucking. It would have. It would have sucked. I'd have been pissed if I would have had to pay for it. Did you get any prison but, tats uh, while you were in quarantine? I was trying to get a um, a, a baby tattoo. You know, baby. What do y'all call him on the pod? Uh, do y'all the, just call him baby. Ba- baby is fine, or or our soldier. All right. So I was trying to do a um copy of uh, our, our favorite soldier's tattoo but uh my prison tat was better than his professional tat <laughs> oh man sorry bob about the crest and the uh the last one um did you have internet and if you did how much lotion did they give you in uh quarantine well the internet sucked i uh used mostly my hotspot i had to spend about 80 extra dollars for uh for Wi-Fi uh, to use from a hotspot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, fuck, all there was to do was lay down, watch TV, and jerk off. So, uh, thankfully, yeah, they uh, they had a good supply of lotion. <laughs> all right. Um, no shame No shame to, uh, to, to say that. I mean, fuck, there was nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah, that's the same problem when you're a 12-year-old boy and you're sitting at home and there's nothing to do. Well, exactly. guess i got to explore myself. All right, Jeremy, I know you have a hard out here. you got to go keep the beautiful people inside Pan fed and uh, in line. So I appreciate you joining us on the pod and giving your derby picks. Uh, please check out our buddy Jeremy Son on uh, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere that he is. And uh, you may see a resemblance between him and the uh, Harry Styles, but trust me, they're not the same person. Well, actually, I, I, real quick, I'm going to say, so, uh, you know, I met with a Harry Styles agent and um, White Trash Kids, White Trash agent. And um, real quick, I'll say this on the podcast, but um, Super Brawl 4 is in, in the talks. So uh, stay tuned. Um, there will be, it sounds like that there will be a Super Brawl 4. The final kill in Killington was not the final kill, apparently. I just can't wait because the cinematography was just unbelievable on the third one, Jeremy. The the drone footage, the acting, (laughs) it was just so awesome. All right, buddy. Well, I I appreciate talking to you and catching up, and uh, I'll I'll definitely talk to you on Friday when we get this money with them donkeys in the Kentucky Oaks and then Saturday with Tis the Law on his second uh, jewel of his triple crown. Absolutely. Thank you, Podfather. Uh, Thank you to the Talking Small group. 
Always great and a pleasure to be on. Hey, thanks, Jeremy Son. Respect.